You're listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it. And for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by WeMoney, a unique bank for a life like no other. Visit defencebank.com.au today to find out more. This week on the podcast, enjoy listening to some real talk from a handful of defence partners who have previously detailed their spouse journey with us on past episodes. This episode of the Military Life Podcast, episode 159, is all about what it's really like to become a defence partner and live defence life. As you'll hear from listening to the stories of defence partners Nicole, Ray, Katie and Amanda, our experiences are unique yet have many common threads that run so deep and connect us. So get comfy and enjoy listening to this compilation episode that sheds light on the question, what was your introduction to defence life really like? It was kind of a romanticised because we didn't really have anybody in immediate family who was in the Defence Force. So my idea of Defence was handsome men in uniform, balls, that kind of thing. But I realised very quickly after meeting him that it was less fun and just more a deeply ingrained lifestyle almost where they didn't just sign up for a job, they kind of signed up for a life. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate that when we first met. I was only very, very young. I was 19 when we met. So I really didn't have any kind of life experience <laughs> to anticipate what it was going to be like. Did you straight away get that community feel from, I guess, the group that your husband would have been hanging around with when they go to ADFA? Obviously there's Army, Navy, Air Force, but they all sort of, they're all going to be working for the Defence Force. Did you get that community feel and was that um, a plus of that lifestyle that they signed up for? I did, yeah. As soon as we met, he kind of introduced me to the group of people he was living with at the time in the dormitories where they kind of lived. They opened their arms to me. They were all really excited to meet me. They were all really excited to have me around, which was good because I spent a lot of time there. And I was probably one of the only ones who actually who was there who wasn't defense there were a lot of people there who were friends of friends and things like that but I was probably the only partner who was there for a significant amount of time when you got together Ryan was in his third year at ADFA obviously once they finish at ADFA they move on to their first postings and they go to different locations around the country had you once you've been together for a little bit had you discussed what would happen when he moves on from ADFA what were you both thinking would happen to you guys as a couple from there? I don't think we ever had an actual conversation. It was just sort of assumed that I would go to. I was very keen to stay with him. He wanted me with him. He still had another year at ADVA to finish his degree. And so by the time we had our first posting, 
We'd been together for about a year and a half and we'd actually gotten engaged while he was at ADFA. But at the time, Defence didn't actually recognise us as a couple. So we weren't eligible for any DHA houses or anything like that. So when we moved to Newcastle together for our first posting, we had to find our own housing and things like that. So we never really sat down and had a conversation where as to what we were going to do. It was just, let's just do it together. I was 20. I'd moved out of my family home um, to be with him in Newcastle, which at the time was, um, I was living in Canberra with my family and going to Newcastle, which was five hours away, was a big leap for me. It was a huge transition. And at the start, it was really, really hard. When you went into obviously picking up everything and, and moving from Canberra to Newcastle, how were you thinking it would go that you would move up there, get a job? What were your sort of expectations of what defence life would be initially? I think looking back, I was actually quite naive going into it because I didn't think that far ahead. I was working in childcare at the time and, you know, there's always a childcare centre somewhere. And I assumed that I would get a job immediately. I would start working straight away. It would be great. But when we moved there, it was at the start of the 2008 recession and everything was shutting down. There was no work anywhere. Um, we also couldn't find a house. So it was two people in their late teens, early 20s, trying to find their first rental. Nobody would even bother looking at us. We really, really struggled. I think it was about two weeks before he was supposed to start work, we actually didn't have a house. And so that was when we decided to talk about, you know, he'll go without me if we can't find one. But we were very lucky to be given an opportunity to have a rental through an extended family member. And we moved in. I think we had a bed. <laughs> We had a TV on, it looked like um, milk pallets. Like it was a real, we were really start, starting from scratch. We were really lucky to actually have our engagement party just before we left. And we bought our washing machine with vouchers we were given from our engagement party. So we were really starting from the bottom. For him, he automatically had a job to go to. He had a built-in support network. He had friends who'd moved there. Whereas I remember the first day he started work and I waved him goodbye. And then I went back and sat inside and just realized the gravity of what was happening. I'd moved out of my family home. I moved in with my partner. I struggled for a good six months to find work. It was it was really difficult. Back then, because I wasn't recognized as a spouse, I didn't have access to a lot of the things that they would have been able to offer me. Um, and also at the time, there really wasn't a lot of things that DCL or DFA could offer a spouse um, especially a dependent with no children. Um, and so I ended up calling Centrelink without knowing what I was calling them for. And they said, uh, at the, looking back as well, the information they gave me at the time was incorrect. I just basically said, I've just moved to you with my partner, his defence. I don't know where to start to look for work. And they said, well, because he's defence, we can't help you. So I was kind of floating around, not knowing what to do. We're in a new area. I had no idea what anything was. We didn't know anybody. The only people I knew there were actually um, my mum's cousin and their wife. And they were a massive help. They opened their house. They opened their arms. And knowing that there was just that little lifeline of support was enough to just give me a bit of confidence because it was completely confidence shattering. We moved to a new area. I had no prospects for work. We didn't have a lot of extra cash. I couldn't even get a job stacking shelves. The base, we lived quite a long way away from the base. So I couldn't actually just turn up at the base and access DCO because I was also not recognized by defense as a partner. So I really didn't have access to anything if there was anything available to me. So 
he wasn't part of, um, I guess, military yet. He was still studying in uni and we, yeah, just met on the app because I guess our locations were quite close to each other. And um, yeah, I think we were just both figuring out what's coming up in, in our lives. And yeah, I just, yeah, I just happened to meet him. And that's when he started saying, hey, well, I'm actually interested in joining the Navy. And, um, you know, I guess if you're going to be my partner, like, I hope you'd be prepared for that. Because, yeah, you know, exactly know what that means. But no, exactly. So, I don't. So I was kind of like, shocked. Exactly. I'm like, what is this about? What do you mean, Navy? Yeah. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, like I had no clue. I mean, obviously I knew each country and everyone else had, you know, military. But to me, it was like, oh, so we, we have that. <laughs> so obviously you met via Bumble, started yeah. going out together. When yeah. did the conversation kind of happen or when did he start sort of letting you know about his plans to go from uni to join defense like how did when did that enter the conversation so we went out a couple of times and obviously we got talking about you know what, what are your goals and what are your ambitions and um obviously at the time he was studying finishing his degree in mechanical engineering and music so you know i thought he was just going to do a, a normal nine-to-five job office job whatever that's great <laughs> and then you know we were at like this pool bar and he said you know well you know, I kind of want to join the Navy. Actually, not even before that, he actually saw a friend at the pool area and he said, well, this guy friend approached him and said, well, how's your Navy application going? And I just was kind of shocked and said, oh, Navy? And then, you know, he took me aside. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I was already considering doing it. I had applied, but I didn't get into the interview stages because I wanted to finish with uni. So just so you know, I will be joining the Navy in the near future. And that was probably maybe three weeks into our fresh relationship. So at that stage, what did that mean to you? Did that sort of even cross your mind that that may have implications for if you were to go forward with the relationship? Because obviously you're only three weeks in at that stage. (laughs) Yeah, of course, I was still very early. But yeah, I think I was at the second week mark that we were kind of like, oh, we really like each other. So this is going to (laughs) happen. So I don't know. I think in that kind of headspace, I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm in a relationship it's very I guess common to you know just to support each other and I you know if this is your ambition it's amazing you know my ambition is to do other things and you know if that's where it takes us then fine happy to tag along and (laughs) see where it takes you but I'm also going to do what I want to do so I think it was still very early for him to really be set in stone he was still like I mean he didn't join the navy until two years ago from here so it still took him almost two and a half years until he actually got into the Navy. So obviously with the whole process, but it did prepare me. With it being such a long process and Mm. by the time that he did go forward and actually, you know, defence did start to impact your Mm. lives and you actually became Mm. a defence couple, you'd obviously Mm. been together for two and a half years. So you're pretty solid by then. Like it's long term, like you've got goals and plans and all of that sort of stuff. So by the time he actually joined, like mm-hmm. what was your headspace like in regard to, okay, well, we really will be living defense life together. Mm-hmm. Had you done any research? Like how did you sort of prepare yourself or figure out what the expectation of defense life might be? I was honestly not prepared. I I just kind of went like, I'll just going to deal with it when it comes, when it comes, it'll hit me. And it did, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So, you know, I, it, he did the officer training. So there was an appointment day at down in Rhodes where they you know they get all the I guess trainees from Sydney and they basically say goodbye from there and on the bus he went onto the bus and I think that's exactly when I just bawled and well I was able to actually find a couple of I guess partners from that so I guess that kind of 
softened the blow a little but yeah no I have I honestly had zero preparation I just knew that in the back of my own mind that it was going to happen in the months leading up to it I was still saying I was kind of congratulating him like you know he's got it he's gonna get into it he's gonna be in the navy it's amazing but yeah it just I don't think it really hit me until I was there and then you know once he was gone for the whole month I was like, okay yeah no he's actually doing it he's actually sticking with it because you know back before that it was just talk it wasn't really doing and so yeah it just I got really emotional so as you do obviously and you know like I, I wish that there was a manual to how to how to deal with stuff like this and so did the other partners agree like they had no clue because they didn't come from military backgrounds either and they were just like well you know what can we do all we have to do is wait yeah exactly and I guess just kind of figure it out as you go but yeah you've gone from obviously just being able to see him mm-hmm whenever you liked and Mm. and for Mm. you know a couple of years and it's a huge shift to be living this life that you don't even realize you know civilians have like this normal in air quotes life and then one day you're a civilian couple and then the next day you're a defense couple and that means so much more for you kind of thing in your relationship and the control and all of that sort of stuff how did you deal with that shift from one day where this and then the next day you're Mm. gone and where this well I think you know, well, especially when he did go, it was right at the height of COVID. That's when it started as well. And so I think because we were in lockdown so much and everything, it just, I was able to, I guess, think about it more and the implications that it came with. And I think I was also distracted a lot with friends having to go and and funny enough, because he had to be shipped off to Jervis Base afterwards. Yeah. And he was down there. So, you know, I was very emotional for the very a long time and so COVID made it even worse but yeah I just I don't think I considered myself a dis- like a defense partner until I think until he came back properly to Sydney and that wasn't for another year so when he did go off to that training obviously mm-hmm. it's finally happening there's mm-hmm. been this big build-up for you know the whole of your relationship <laughs> of that expected that I'm going to go into the navy and this is what's going to happen kind of thing mm. and then all of a sudden you're living that life and he's the way mm. you know focused on training and getting through and and all mm. of that sort of stuff what was going through your mind in regard to when he comes back this is what will happen he'll get posted here or like did you have any information about how it might go like how did you sort of in your mind put yourself or put your mind at ease with okay well this could be the possible process when he's finished this training and that training where you sort of kind of across it and did he keep communication open with you I guess at that time it was very it was very hush hush and it was also like there were so many things during that year that wasn't cemented like so everything was changing every day there was different news and so whatever he updated with me the one day it would be changed the next or it'd be scrapped and so it was very hard to keep up and it was a lot of uncertainty so there wasn't a lot of information when there was I tried I trained myself to expect the unexpected and and like I think that really made I don't know in some way made it stronger because like I said lockdown and everything a lot of weekends were taken away a lot of meetings couldn't have happened so it was basically common for us so even there even if there was a time that we could meet that was like okay cool that well that's nice because then I could just remember that I would think okay well if this is happening this weekend I'm going to pretend it's not work it's not going to happen because there would always be some bad news and even if there was good news I'd always keep expecting bad news and it was just so much that I just remember feeling very anxious and I knew that because his time away meant that he was going to be away for more than I guess you know a couple months I was I just told myself I'm like well 
this is a chance and opportunity for me to work on myself and actually reflect on what I want. And because we've been so much as a couple during those years while he's been on land, now that he's away, I've been able to set time for myself now and I guess make that a nice balance for both of us. And so was it hard in the fact that you had been together for two and a half years, so Mm -hmm. you knew what it was like to be a couple pre-defense and now Mm -hmm. you're having to sort of redefine what being a couple is now that you are a defense couple and Mm. you know you still have those memories like oh well we used to be able to do this together and we used to be able to see each other at the end of the day if we wanted to and all that sort of stuff and now it's like all of that is like sort of taken away and you have to Mm. kind of transition to this new way of being a couple and you know living your life like how hard was that transition it was surprisingly easy I think only because I got so used to time on my own that when he came back, I was like, oh my gosh, get away from me. <laughs> it was more about like, well, you know, how are you going to work around my lifestyle? Because now that I was so cemented in what I was doing, it was his turn to kind of go, oh, well, how do I insert myself into your narrative? And because I was so used to him away, but I, I just, I can't even pinpoint how it happened. Like it just happened. I think that's what one of the key things about being in a military relationship is that you just got to go with it and just go with the flow. And I think, um, I think we just, we, we had a lot of discussions about how it was going to happen because as soon as he came back from uh, Cerberus, he had to tell me like, look, we're going to move in. We're going to figure out how this is going to work, which is, you know, he's going to be person on a ship and cuttable and he wants to be home every day and so often and all that stuff. And I think that's when we really started to deal with the challenges of a defense relationship because it was more in our face and more, confronting that it was actually in person and he was there um, whereas you know because he was in a different base at the time before he it was different to manage it and uh, we could manage it on our own but now that we had to manage it together it was more like okay well we have to fight about this we have to talk about it more and actually discuss how things are going to work so I think it was a lot of open, open communication and just being very honest and I guess now having google calendars about you know what's going to happen when and yeah so it kind of happened on its own, but it also, yeah, it took a lot of work. And do you think that it was a positive that it, I guess, forced you to reassess the fact that who are you in this relationship and when he's not around, like previously, like if you, if he hadn't have joined a defense, it may have mm-hmm. been that you, you know, you guys stayed together, got married, mm-hmm. had some kids, mm-hmm. whatever you guys were planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd never had that opportunity or being pushed into that opportunity to really see who you are independently in the relationship kind of thing yeah and your word like it's you know it did it forced us to think about what we wanted and how how much we wanted to be together and how much our separate lives were going to be combined I don't believe I'd ever really met anyone in defense or if I had I knew kind of nothing about the lifestyle other than just what you hear so I guess at that point it was just exciting because it was a man in uniform and you know you never know how serious things are going to get or anything like that so yeah just kind of jumped in with no thought to it really. And what was his situation with like when you met his posting wise like was he in the area for a while did he go away for work like did you get an introduction about what defense life was like at that stage? He went away for maybe a week or something so there were no big deployments when we first met. At what stage was he at with his posting was he due to move somewhere else when you met? So even that I didn't really know about I didn't think about the fact that they move every few years I I really 
didn't know anything at all. Then after we'd been together for, I think about a year and a half, maybe he called me one day to say, I'm being posted out. Do you want to come with me? So he listed me down as a dependent and I was like, yep, let's, let's go. Will they send me back if we break up? And he said, yeah, they will. So I was like, all right, let's do this. I'll, I'll go. And off we went to the other side of the country. (laughs) Just, just to check, you know, um, will they post me back if, you know, I don't like you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, it was a big move. (laughs) I love that you have that fallback. You're like, I'm just checking. (laughs) What happens if we don't work (laughs) out? (laughs) So where did you go from living and where did you post to? Uh, So we'd been together for about two years by then. Uh, So we went from Richmond in New South Wales over to Perth. And it was definitely stressful because I just, I didn't know anything about it or what to do. But at the same time, it felt quite easy because, you know, someone came in and packed all our things for us and stuff. Um, I didn't have access to any of the online removal process. So he took care of all that for me and he just told me the dates, things got packed and that was it. Yeah. And so what happened when you got to Perth? Like, did you go straight into finding a job? What were you doing at that stage? Well, it was really confusing because, I mean, that's my first time as an adult living away from Sydney. So I didn't understand where all the areas were. And, you know, in Perth, they've got north of the river and south of the river, but it's always written as NOR and SOR in all job descriptions, which I found really confusing trying to find a job. So I ended up, you know, an hour traveling to get to work which also took a while to find by the time you apply and go through all the interviews and they do their process. So what was your general experience of your first posting? Did it, you know, was it a smooth process? Did you enjoy living, you know, on the other side of the country? It's a fairly big move. I loved it. And that's now where we want to settle when we finally finish with Defence Lifestyle. But yeah, I was really glad we made it over there and it's just been so good going around and seeing all places. It's amazing. Did you have any expectations of what Defence Life would be like in those early stages? I guess you said that, you know, you didn't really know what military life would entail, but once you had, I guess, committed to each other and, you know, you're going together on a posting and you're you're living this Defence Life, did you have any expectations of what, you know, the, the next couple of years would be like? Nothing at all. It was really a learning on the job kind of thing. What Everything I know now I've learned on the way and it just amazes me how much I didn't know when I got into it all. He'd already been in for a couple of years and he had just come into Sydney, which is where I was. So yeah, it was kind of in for about maybe five years or so. So when you obviously found out what he did, did that have any impact on whether you would go forward with a relationship with him? Did you know what that might mean? No idea. I was oblivious to the fact of, I guess, what defense life actually looked like. Yeah, no idea. Not from, I'm not from a military background. My family aren't from a military background. So It really didn't play a part in whether or not we were going to go forward. We actually denied our relationship for so long. I didn't connect the dots that I was even an army girlfriend for such a long period of time. So no idea what I was in for. So what was, by the time you came around to the idea of actually being an army girlfriend, what was your introduction to defense life like? My first introduction was not amazing. I was at a function when I was approached by, I had a run in with an awful army wife and, you know, I don't like to speak 
ill of other army wives, but she was horrible. So after that, and look, there was a lot of alcohol um, on her part and obviously some insecurities and I felt for her. But after that, I really stayed fairly distant and separated my life from military. And I was quite independent. I had no kids. I was just like, you do you and I'll do me. And I don't care what you do. But yeah, I have a couple of army wife friends now um, that I've connected via social media. So not in his direct circle, but um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it's improved. I guess that then solidified in your mind. Okay, well, I'll just have my life and go forward and he can do his thing in defense. But do you think if you'd had a different introduction to defense and had a group of spouses or or people at that function that were welcoming and and had a totally different reception to you that your experience might have been different or your view of what being an army girlfriend or being in that circle was like would have been different? Absolutely. You know, there were a few events afterwards due to unfortunate circumstances with a few army serving members and I attended those events and I have a beautiful friend who I was friends with before. She's also an army wife now and she has a great group of friends, a great circle of army friends. And I know during deployments, it has made her life so much easier. So absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I would have been able to feel a little bit more affiliated with being an army wife, but yes, absolutely. You know, due to that, I was quite standoffish. When you first got together, how long was it before your then boyfriend, now husband, went on a deployment and you, I guess, really got a taste of defense life and, you know, were lacking maybe that support system or other people that were going through something similar? Yeah, it was, we were dating for six months when he went on his first deployment and we moved quite quickly in the sense that we're both very, uh, we're both realist. So we moved quite quickly and we moved in with each other. Well, I just said, look, don't pay rent. You can move all of your stuff to my house and just keep it there while you're on a deployment. You can decide what you do after that. So yeah, it was literally six months after we had started dating and that deployment actually was quite a terrible one. And I struggled when there was a serious event that did occur because I didn't have a circle. I didn't know a lot of the ways that I could reach out when those events did occur. So yeah, it, I quite struggled after that, not knowing if he was going to come home. Yeah. So it wasn't the greatest first deployment. It made it quite, it made it actually really difficult to put into, I guess, context of what it should and what it should look like and what it should feel like. It was, yeah, it was a real rude awakening. So how did you go forward with that feeling of, you know, that initially initial interaction at that function and feeling like oh well this is not a a great start and then the first deployment and feeling like how do I even reach out what I don't even know what's available sort of thing and just I guess getting on with it by yourself how did you go forward without I guess being worried about having to do that over and over by yourself or how whether you could cope with that for the long term Happy and I are very we're both very independent people and we've always talked about the fact that it's his job and it's not my job so if he was going to be deployed again it was really just time away to be honest and there wasn't I guess it wasn't really a choice (laughs) it was just either this is my career this is what I'm doing and I guess is our relationship going to work so look after that first deployment I think it's cemented our relationship to the point where I 
I was, I guess, not just impressed, but I really respected his way of thinking and the way that he dealt with the events that occurred during that deployment. So I've had a lot of mishap and trauma and um, loss in my life. So I guess to be able to see someone be able to deal with it in a very similar manner and fashion as I did, I think it cemented our relationship even more. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 